0: My name is Luke Armour, I am an alcoholic. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Might as well just told you, tell you, drank like a pig, got struck sober, things are better. Thank you! <laughs> well, all right, a little more than that. <laughs> Greetings to the 48th Annual Kentucky State Al-Anon Convention. It's a pleasure and a joy to see you. Here's looking at you. And the view is beautiful. Now, listen, trust me on this. A little different, but you know, it's what's going to happen here. Count of three. I told you who I am and what the heck I'm doing here. So now it's your turn. Count of three, loud, or we have to do it over. Who you are and why you're here, okay? Ready? Loud. One, two, three. Hi, everybody. I know we're in the right place. What a treat to see your shining, smiling mugs. Good stuff. (laughs) Big gift. Big wonder. Big miracle. (laughs) And it just keeps growing and going. I love this. You don't ever have to get good at the work of recovery. You don't have to check it off, master it, and go on home as if you had it made. And uh, here we are celebrating in the now September 21st, 2013, right here and now in Bowling Green. I love this. I treasure this. Been looking forward to it for quite some time. Want to thank Marianne, the liaison, and Linda, wherever you are. Where'd you go? Hi, girl. Thank you for uh, the invitation, the chance to uh, be part of the joy of your convention, to treat the disease, to carry the message, to just sort of whoop it up and see what happens. It's great. Great. Thank you so very much, everybody. and Have uh, a lot of contacts here, a lot of connections, Know though many and many of you and great to see you, Bob and Juanita and Joe and Doris and Marietta. Wow. Hey, baby. <laughs> Might tell a story about you as we get going on... No, better not tell that. Okay. <laughs> so that means I'm going to do it anyway, right? <laughs> Oh, too funny. Well, great. Uh, Now what am I supposed to do? (laughs) (laughs) Give your story. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's good. My um, home group is New Haven Monday Night in southern part of Nelson County at St. Catherine's School. We were 21 years in the grammar school. We just graduated to high school. (laughs) (laughs) So if you ever happen to be in New Haven on a Monday night... um, Funny. Uh, You're going to be welcome and we're going to let you know it. Mo, good seeing you, buddy. Been a while. Yeah. Uh, I have a sponsor. I use and abuse him on a regular basis. His name is Fabian. Uh, He lives in Bardstown. I've only had the one sponsor since I've been with you. Met him at the Friday night meeting at the library. Knew we were going to make the connection, by the way. He shook that neck. Could tell there was somebody present, accounted, ready for action. We made that connection, have been marching, trudging, sharing the journey ever since. Better than a member of the family. wouldn't trade this fellow in for nothing. We've been having a great time staying sober and doing the deal. I have the privilege of sponsoring some fellows, and that's an enrichment all its own. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, sometimes they come, sometimes they go, but this old boy's still here, so something must be working, and it's all God's business anyway. I don't fret the details. and uh, or do outcomes, as we say, and just enjoy the the gift, however it plays out. I uh, appreciate all of that. It's just so good. My sobriety date, by the sheer grace of God, and actions taken in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, November eleventh, nineteen 1989. I cherish that date as much as anything that ever happened to me. Yeah. When you think what might have been, as we Irish say, it could have been a very, very different story. But I am here sober today and thankful for a a number of 24s with you, just learning, just growing, just becoming, just got started this morning. But I'll tell you this, I get all fired up about this. More than ever, in fact, the wonder of it just knocks my socks off. So that when I wake up in the morning, I say, God, you must have something more for me to do because I'm still here. And uh, claim the power, get going, go tearing into life. Sober guy on duty is my identity here. I have other things going, but that's the one that really gives me gas. Yep. <laughs> and um, so I do this. I have a sense of, let's say, urgency and, and high energy in case you can't tell. No, really. And uh, Get her done, get her done. Given one day, not going to squander the hours that might have been worthwhile in the plan of God. Not going to waste any... And I don't mean to sound morbid or strange or anything, folks, but let me just tell you this. Suppose this was my last day, and I was sober. Yeah. Would I have wanted to have spend it making a hit list on why isn't, and why are they, and what about this? And I don't think so. <laughs> my list would be, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Praise and wonder and joy. And so that's what I do, just for dress rehearsal. <laughs> because one of these days, it is going to be so. And um, it's just the miracle of this one day's sobriety has me going and going. And then you get to come down to Bowling Green and celebrate at the Al-Anon Convention. And you just wonder, what, what more? And, and that's God's business to know and mine to enjoy. and Because this party never quits. And uh, I just... I just love it in case you can't tell. I love being sober. That, of course, is the understatement of my life. Never would have signed up for this, which just goes to show don't know what's good for me. Never did. God knew and worked it out in ways that only his plan and care uh, could have arranged. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what my life would have been like without this, uh, but it's just so strange to to think how it all fit in, in the right movie, everything uh, just tailor-made to what I needed to have happen and so on. And uh, so there you go. It's been a life, and it's been super fantastic. Yeah. The longer I'm in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, the longer I'm in the work of recovery. Here to tell you, the less I know about any of it. What I do know is I am just rattling around in the great realization, <laughs> tremendous mystery. I don't try to quantify this, explain it, understand it because I don't. You don't. You just got a rank amateur up here this morning. I I don't have the answers. I just enjoy the ride, and and I'm very much taken up with all of this. But I cannot explain it. I just know it's good, and that's God's business to work out all the details. So I'm with you and just uh, not knowing. Not knowing is fine with me. That way the God of surprises has a chance to do his deal on a daily basis and yours truly is here to step up to the plate and say, ready. So there you go. I don't know, it's um, funny how alcoholism is probably the best thing that ever happened to me. You might think, well, if that's this guy's story, there couldn't be much else going on. But of course, anybody who knows me knows my life is just packed and uh, just steamrolling along, trudging manfully and vigorously. And um, so there, it's, it's really been more than I ever would have expected, more than I could have asked or imagined. So there you go for um, a few preliminaries. I was born in New York City in 1950 at a very early age. <laughs> My four grandparents are off the boat from a place called Ireland. Anybody ever heard of that? Hmm? Yep. They settled in New York City, never went anywhere else. My parents were born in New York. I was born in Manhattan, raised in the Bronx, and then by the time I have memories that are worth talking about, um, suburban New Jersey. Is it okay to make fun of New Jersey here? Some people get very touchy about that. (laughs) You know, Woody Allen, God is everywhere, except certain portions of New Jersey. (laughs) Oh, this is great. This is great. I met a bishop the other day uh, from Bayonne. And he says to me, next time you're in Bayonne, give me a call. And I started laughing. And he says, why does everybody laugh about New Jersey? And he started laughing. (laughs) It must be okay. Good stuff. I hardly have to tell you about the Irish, that strange bunch of people who never know what they want and are ready to fight for it. An Irishman is never drunk. No. As long as he can hold on to a single blade of grass and not fall off the face of the earth. Yay. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so we come by this honestly, I'm sure. Let me tell you, I cherish that. I cherish my Hibernian heritage. And, um, and this is why. For as long as I've had consciousness practically, I knew who I was. I've known who I am. God's precious kid, mm-hmm, redeemed by Christ the Savior and temple of the Spirit, took tremendous care comfort and identity in knowing that identity. It was great. At ease with the world, debonair, everything relaxed and A-OK. Super. But (laughs) it wasn't too awfully long, say roughly school age, when I had to go nine doors up the street to St. Peter the Impossible School. (laughs) And boy, it was. Funny, I had the chance to be there at St. Peter's a couple of years ago, and they called me up after at the end of uh, Mass to address the congregation. It was just so beautiful to say, "I found the Spirit here with you at St. Peter's," and, and I'm so thankful to be carrying it in ways that are wonderful and terrific, and so on. And so all of that, real good. But subtly and unknowingly, now I have to navigate all this complexity. I decide to just take care of everything myself. In short, I, Luke Armour, am going to be God for me, and that's a scary proposition Anyway, you shake it, because when this old boy is driving that school bus, he ain't texting while he's driving, but it's worse than that. <laughs> this cannot succeed. This is going to be going over the cliff at some point because I, I can't manage my life, and uh, gave it uh, you know, a great try, summoned all my considerable energies to give it a whirl, but uh, it could not could not succeed, I knew that on some level, but must have been absent the day they passed out life's little instructions book, because I just figure I have to go this alone, which at sheer grit and so on, yeah. So um, it was a chore, but I rose to the occasion and hardly had an off button, which makes sense to me, uh, I, I always tried, I never quit trying, that may still be true, but I figure they can't send you home for that, can they? especially when you're sober, that makes a bit of difference. So anybody who tried as hard as this old boy did wasn't going to miss. Class president, scholarship, most talented, that kind of thing, and uh, and it was all right. I didn't collect everything, but I didn't do badly either, so there you go. Neither of my parents was alcoholic. Both of them have taken their lights to the next room. Uh, they could take a drink on a Saturday night or not, but in true Irish I guess you'd say, tradition, we come to find out much, much later that both sides of the family were well sprinkled with alcoholics. Very hush-hush, big secrets, some family rules. We never quit talking. We're a garrulous bunch, but it has to be about nothing. (laughs) Right. If you've got something bothering you, get over it by the weekend or just shut up and keep it close to the vest. We don't want to hear about it. And and that's that's how I... uh, kind of learned to move through it all. I am a lifelong Catholic. I grew up in that 1950s, uh, what we like to call um, Catholic cocoon in that eastern corridor, surrounded by a Catholic culture. Hardly knew anything outside of it, and why would we? Uh, In a very smug and rather superior sense, we had it all. (laughs) I don't miss that. (laughs) But it it had its... Strengths It had its bonuses, and, and that training was is my story, so there. But um, my family is also well sprinkled on both sides with priests and nuns, very nice. My idea of a perfect Sunday afternoon was going to visit auntie or cousins and so on who uh, had given themselves to life in church service. I was enthralled with this. And uh, truth to tell from before, Kindergarten Again, uh, I knew what I wanted. I had a dream, a vision, a goal, a hope that I also would be just like them, that I would be a churchman, a clergyman, someone in service. And uh, here to tell you that uh, um, th- there are no words to express the gratitude that, that the dream worked out, despite my best efforts in many, many ways, which we're getting to here shortly. So there. Um, I never messed around with anything or anyone. That is a fact. I kept myself for a life in the church. Uh, I was never too good to be true. My sainted mother uh, would tell you that, and so would my little sister, who thank God is uh, coming up on four years sober. She is just a joy. She makes me look like a zombie. she 's so perky about this program and into it. and can you imagine that, Kenny <laughs> Oh, she's terrific. She lives in suburban Maryland and, and treasures her sobriety. We talk often. It's just like medicine to have a conversation with a little sister. We have an older brother who doesn't need this program. We stay in touch. It's all good. So, there, um, I don't know, it was all okay. Mom and dad were very dependable, never had to worry about anything. Uh, our home was quiet and calm and serene. We could get it all done. It was great. So, uh, coming up to graduating high school in 1968, the year when, by some reckoning, the whole culture started to unravel. For once, my development is right on time. Some of it ran a little late, but I'm ready too. Couldn't put Humpty together again, but uh, I think that is the whole human story. It's, It's the brokenness. It's the woundedness. It's the incompleteness that draws God like a magnet to me, to you, to everybody. He just can't resist it. And and I love that about God and, and many other things besides. The, the woundedness is his business. It's great. So I'm ready to roll, ready to um, get into the world, and you better look out because this boy is heading to head full blast, and, and onto it. Off to college in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, do what I always do. Excel. That's all I know make honors without even trying, make a whole new list of friends, and uh, I am off and running uh, in the career path that uh, I was hoping to um, realize. Now, just so far so good, but a little something happened that helped me get near to the 48th Annual al Convention. <laughs> yes. Sick as a dog in January 1969 with what people are now telling me now had to have been the Hong Kong flu. Fellas, we don't go and ask for help. Uh-uh. I am laid out in the dormitory room, sick as a dog, crazy with fever. There are people milling all around, wondering what the heck is with him. Someone comes forward as an act of kindness to ease the pain and hands me a tall, cold drink of alcohol. I was so crazy I didn't know what was happening, but here's what happened, I think. Toss that baby back. That stuff goes down. That... Warmth spreads out, that tightness eased for the very first time. I was amazed before I was halfway through. (laughs) Promises are coming true just like that. It was uncanny what happened. It was like a switch had been thrown or a pilot light that was just waiting for the fuel had the fuel. It was a hyper euphoric, bogus experience, spiritual experience. And I know that's kind of fancy, but that's just to say I was catapulted out of this world into a beautiful, star-filled place. Everything and everybody went away, which was just fine with me, actually. (laughs) And uh, so there you go. I thought, well, if this is what happens when you drink alcohol, there is a solution. I'm on for it. (laughs) I got this teddy bear, and we have a program, this uh, and I'm good for life. This is, it was uncanny, the trick that alcohol played on me. My whole value system did an enormous flip-flop. How, when, and where to get it again was all I ever really cared for. Never made the dean's list again and couldn't have cared less. I got all this whole new deal to go after. Now at this point, a s- minor miscalculation. I wrote a friend, a high school friend, about this new romance because that, of course, is what it was. And uh, she completely misunderstood Got it all wrong, missed the point entirely, and sent me a membership card to Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> Why was this old boy the last one to know? Kept it, which is interesting, for the 20 years until I needed it, and just uncanny how that prescience or whatever you want to call it uh, kicked in. I, she knew, and I didn't know, and uh, it was true. So there you go, Uh, not much more to say about the time at Providence College, a lost opportunity in many ways. Um, But, you know, it could have looked like the rites of passage into adulthood. Alcoholism, from time to time, the thought would cross the uh, screen here, this sure looks like problem drinking, but a person of your aspirations, hopes, and goals, it couldn't be. So we're just sort of, uh, well, uh, Boa Constrictor of Denial just did a perfect job on on my perception of what was happening. Didn't even ask the questions. Alcohol took the questions away. It was fascinating, absolutely fascinating, the whole deal, how it it came over. In uh, 1970, I received a beautiful white robe, looked like a junior pope outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and was now a student for the priesthood with the Dominican Order, and uh, the Dominicans were great to me. I thought, here, at last, is the fulfillment of everything I've always longed for, and uh, why wouldn't all of this work out just super fantastic? Well, there was a little more to come. They pick up on this, uh, shall we say, unexplained absences <laughs> of the uh, active alcoholic. And there were times I couldn't show up, and where was he anyway? And so they, the superior, a tall, gaunt, humorless, forbidding person on a good day, <laughs> I don't know where they get these people. <laughs> gathers a group of the brothers around and very much like an intervention, it was summer of 1971, the only time that happened to me, going around the room Well, on such and such a night you came home blitz-blasted and bombed, and it's true. (laughs) Now in case you happen to happen to happen to happen, notice you have a smooth, smart, fast-talking New Yorker here. That has never left me. Why would it? I just love hearing New Yorkers talk. (laughs) You don't talk like you're from (laughs) Kentucky. It's great. so um, I got past him it was like Harry Houdini was my spiritual director during those years, some great escapes <laughs> the point being of course that while people would let me off the hook routinely alcohol never ever did Uh uh-uh. fascinating go with my class to Catholic University of America with a big dark cloud over my head. They didn't want to dismiss me, but they didn't know what to do with this bozo. And of course, bozo didn't know what to make of it either. Nobody knew. It was all very hard to piece together. But of course, alcoholism, alcoholism was the story, but we just couldn't say it, couldn't know it. Now, of course, I'm something like 22 and my life's some, as a shambles is going down the tubes rapidly, and I thought I was just getting started. Alcohol pulling the rug out from under me. What to do, what to do. Didn't know the term geographical cure, or somebody calls it geological cure, <laughs> but pulled off one that I'm immensely proud of. <laughs> The writings of Thomas Merton brought me here to the heart of the bluegrass in 1972, to the oldest Abbey in America. How about that? The Abbey of Gethsemane coming up on 165 years, not one day off of singing praises to God, the heart of the church for the life of the world. And uh, first time I got there, there was a balcony. The only place you could go in those days to the monk's church. these brothers come in, sing those praises that rises up fifty feet. I was enthralled. That was it was captivating, irresistible. Uh have a lot of song in me. In fact, as of today I've been the music director for almost ten years, so thank God today it's a sober song, of course. Whew. You should have heard it in the old days. What page is he on? <laughs> and then I went out. To one of the hills in front of the Abbey and just looked down with all the bravado of a 22 year old. I just knew, I knew that that's where I belonged. So um, I have been there, uh, Trappist monk, for the past uh, six months. Oh, and 40 years. (laughs) You could tell by looking at him, he's been somewhere for a while. (laughs) Cheryl, thank you for your story. We have a 40th anniversary in common here. Yeah. Uh, Quick parentheses in honor of the 40th Miss Marietta, here's the story. I'm going into one of those AAA meetings and Marietta sticks her beautiful head out of the Al-Anon room and shows me a brochure about this time last year that there was a pilgrimage to the promised land where the master walked and and I said, let me see that. (laughs) And short story shorter, I got to join Marietta and company uh, from Bardstown on a a pilgrimage. Got to walk with the master and Where he walked, and uh, a quick story. There was um, I just love this AA unity, this recovery connections that we have. Before I went, Googled AA meetings in English speaking in Israel, and you get all the numbers. And so I get to Jerusalem. I probably should have told you I was going to one, Marietta. It struck me as I just disappeared into the city and never told anybody. (laughs) But uh, got to two AA meetings in Jerusalem, and uh, it was super. They asked me to lead into a topic, and the uh, fellow's name was Gershon. I love saying his name because I called him from the hotel and he said, well, let's, within an hour, here's how you get there. And uh, just too good. Never have to be lonely anymore. All these great connections and friends that you never met until you get in there and say, Shalom, how do you do? And and it was just, just the best. Okay, so at the Abbey, 40 years. Um, high definition, high dedication, beautiful life of prayer, praise, work and study, Discipleship and so on. I love it more every day and um, just so thankful to have these two deals going, of course. And and one, as we say, weaves beautifully into the other and just working out real good day at a time deal for me. Didn't do badly uh, for a while. Uh, Hop right in with all my considerable energy and so on. But it wasn't too awfully long when I start seeing that there are some people there who are not doing it right. And uh, they're not doing me right either, which was worse. So, I'd take my prayer praise and so on, just put that down for a few minutes and grab my caveman's glove and go stomping about like a maniac trying to get it just so according to my magnificent specifications. It was horrendous. It was grievous. It just came back on me like a razor, like a a big, big burden. It was awful. It was, of course, it was all I knew to do at the time. So, pretty easy to identify a build-up to drink. I hadn't messed with, hadn't uh, touched anything for, in fact, I think something like eight years before chapter two of my story. But uh, was in a was in a mild fury, a blue rage, much of the time because of the unmanageability of my life, and I just couldn't get it squared away. So chapter two was from 81 till 89, periodic but real. I am under the radar uh, doing this, uh, how shall we say, on the QT, sly. How could a monk be a drunk? Well, let me tell you, it was easy. (laughs) Just by sneaking around. It was awful, but it wasn't impossible. And um, so, I mean, it was, basically, I I don't go over the um, incidents anymore, I remember them and uh, the powerlessness and so on, how alcohol had its way with me. But basically, let me summarize the rest of my drinking. Terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair, loneliness, chaos and all that great time. I sure miss drinking. (laughs) Leading to I don't know, leading to alcohol abuse, leading to negative consequences and so on and so on. Terror, bewilderment in a never ending downward spiral. It was awful. My sobriety date dawns by the Sheer gift of God, really out of the blue i didn 't expect it. Uh, the brothers grabbed my secret stash of booze, so I turned myself in. I knew the game was over it was It was truly a moment of clarity, just like coming to a convention, just like coming to a meeting. Uh, you hit the reset button when we gather, and uh, and that 's what that was like too on eleven eleven eighty nine I turned myself in and uh, i 'm thinking this is not going to be good, but uh, i just I was done. It was, it was uncanny. Never had to uh, mess with it or even think about it anymore. I, it was over. The game was over, and a whole new chapter in my life is ready to blossom and, and even explode, I would say. We stood at the turning point. Father Timothy, the abbot, the superior at that time, didn't beat me up for being the crazy drunk that I was and still am. We worked together on this. And short story shorter, I get to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous after a little uh, evaluation at a clergy rehab. They said to me, um, <laughs> you drink again, you're going to be back here. Something like four months minimum, six months average day. And I said, uh-uh, if the uh, sentence here is to go to Alcoholics Anonymous and do 90 meetings in 90 days, I'm in. Sayonara, so long. And I never did have to go back to that uh, treatment center. So I hop in. I get to the Thursday night meeting. I meet Kenny and Billy, and they're standing at the doorway there at St. Monica's School Cafeteria in Barnstown. and Very awkward. And uh, don't even look at me. My plan as a newcomer was this. I'm just going to do this for the 90 meetings in 90 days, and uh, thanks for the memories, but I don't want what you have. <laughs> and uh, we'll remember you in my prayers back at the monastery, but... It was a setup. It was a trap. It was a maneuver. 90 meetings in 90 days, and this is so lame. Please, what you hear here stays here, right? Is that true in Al-Anon, too? Yeah, right. <laughs> You're the people I was looking for my whole life long. Sue me, send me home. I didn't find it in church. She asked for my story. The story is, I didn't find it in church. I find wonderful, as I'm taking any raps at church. Church is great. I love it. I do that every day. And uh, and I do this every day, too. So there you go, two tracks interwoven. Um, But I didn't find it there. and, And it's no big deal. It's just what the disease of alcoholism is about, I'm sure. I had to come here to find it. Uh, Cheryl mentioned uh, being churched and, and not having the connection with God and the work of the Spirit and the, um, say, the consequences of our behavior. That makes perfect sense to me. It was my story as well. Here I am rattling around, Trappist brother, and and a serious disconnect from final spiritual experience. It's fascinating uh, how that how that happens. But there you go with the disease of alcoholism. So I do hop in. Uh, I'm just taken up with what you do pretty quickly with the language of the heart, with the work of recovery, 12 steps, 12 (laughs) traditions. And um, yeah, let me see, what do we got going here? And I just haven't taken any breaks or breathers from it since. If anything, I'm more fired up all the time. I, I... fear the disconnect. I see what the ping-pong effect is like when now you see him, now you don't. Uh, It's usually not a great story and don't want that to be my story. I want my story to be light and joy and purpose and usefulness and so on for the time I'm given. And um, So that's my plan. Um, It's interesting uh, in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, which I have here, I read this little guy every day for several reasons. One is... um, I love it, the visceral uh, urgency of it all. Some of the other writings later on, in my opinion, they're, they're wonderful, they're, they're great, but they don't have the oomph for me that the first 164 pages of the big book, publics Anonymous, and uh, so I read this every day because I love it, I, I want to get the spirit, I want to recharge uh, my, uh, how should we say, my window of uh, remembering things is is can be pretty meager seventy two hours sometimes, and so uh, I need the reminders desperately and that's fine uh, so what I find in here, of course, is clear are clear cut directions for living my life uh, that makes sense i got to tell you, I was talking to a newcomer the other day in Texas about ninety days more or less and He's doing the deal. He's got the sponsor. He's got the home group and and the book. And I said, is not that book just great? Said, I I read it every day. I just love. But the this thing is how they get in there and change it around when you're not looking. <laughs> and Ted, God bless him, says, Oh, they don't change mine. <laughs> I've got the fourth edition. <laughs> Mine's new every time I open it up, right? What do I find in there? Got to find the power. Got to claim the power. You might think that would be obvious for a Trappist monk decades of experience. It ain't obvious to me. (laughs) It has a way of being pretty new on every given day. I wake up sort of empty and disconnected and... uh, And have to claim the power, have to call on the power immediately. I don't move. I don't get out of bed. I ask God to direct my thinking. I renew steps one, two, and three. Pray over those carefully every single day. Seventh step prayer and so on before I move at all, at all. Then into my day ready to go, sober guy, ready to knock it down. And uh, there we go. And I should tell you, upon retiring at night, I say, God, I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you got work for me tomorrow, wake me up. <laughs> yeah that seems to be working, and so anymore it's not my life, it's his life it's your life. as I saw in the book, as soon as Bill gets sober, he's all taken up with giving it away. It was never about him not drinking. it was always always about being in service and returning the gift, and we know the um how shall we say the circular effect of that, how it comes back and back and grows and grows and catapults us into realms that uh, we could have never asked or imagined, and, and that's the great thing. So I just claim the power. I can't do this alone. It is so obvious that I can't. Help, help, help is one of my favorite prayers. It's funny, somebody uh, sent me three or four pages the other day of uh, prayers from a noted American author, and, and it's beautiful. Of course, she was a writer and could put it all together so beautifully. And it's great, and very nice, and I skimmed it, but I thought, you know, my prayer is like three words: direct my thinking and uh, take away the fear. It's just just simple uh, a, big book prayers that have a way of focusing, focusing, riveting my attention just where it needs to be. I'll uh, tell you a quick Southern story that I just love. Um, William Faulkner. you might have read some of his stuff in high school. He's from Mississippi, which is important to this little bit. Uh, in one of his books, "The Sound and the Fury," you can google this i 'm not making this up. He s- suggests that God is a Kentucky gentleman <laughs> He does not come where he is uninvited. He does not stay where he 's unwelcome and since faulkner didn 't think of it, I like to add he 's hard up for the invitation. Yeah. here to tell you it works I, you know, I shouldn't be allowed to leave my room without adult supervision. So, <laughs> coming to the 48th Kentucky State Illinois Convention is completely beyond what I can do I ask God's help I, I pray over this I'm, I'm delighted and thrilled to be able to be part of the grace of this moment but I am completely you know I, I can't I can't perform. i just bumbling along big faker you know just who was it? I think it was Mark Twain said, uh, around the age of 12, a man starts, a, a person, a kid starts imitating a man and does that for the rest of his life. Well, that, that feels like me. You know, how do you spell fake? L U K E. I'm just, <laughs> just improvising, just making it. I, I, I don't have this all figured out, but I claim the power. I call on the power in here to tell you that just works like a charm for me. So I fly into service and give this back. Uh, I'm a meeting maker. I never, uh, not one to stay home. I uh, make many connections on the phone. There's hardly um, people coming to my office all the time. We have these uh, what we call bootleg meetings in my office. And uh, and it just um, is too good to miss. I'm a, I'm a glutton for the work of recovery in Alcoholics Anonymous. I uh, have been around. I have been privileged to carry the message in some places. There are very few strangers anymore in my life. Um, I have this feeling that we're about 99.9% the same, and the differences are so meager as to be negligible, And but the connections are just so, so vibrant and so fantastic. So 12 steps, 12 traditions. Ladies and gentlemen, my friends, AA and Al-Anon, I'm here to tell you gradually, over time, not once and for all, but I have experienced a healing in body, mind, and spirit in three ways. First, in my relationship with God. It was very broken, it was very fractured, very strange and, and strained, I would say. Today, and for today only, we're in communion, we're in conscious contact, and, and it's it's very mysterious, it feels like I'm talking to a wall sometimes, but the results are clear, I and mean, this is good, fantastic. I have been healed in my relationships with you, my fellow travelers, in conflict with no one. I have ceased fighting anyone or anything. I don't Argue or carry on. You you can think that. I don't claim to have the last word on anything. It's a point of view. It's a it's a perspective. It's an great. It's beautiful and makes the world go round. Uh, all the diversity and so on. And and the third dimension uh, of healing. Of course, I've been healed with Luke Armour. I can shake hands today with this stranger and say, "You are no five star player, but by God, it's all right. It's all right." You know, you're, you're maybe yeah. a on a five scale, but it's, it's good enough. You're just galumphing along, falling down, getting up again, but you're in Alcoholics Anonymous. You've got a field full of coaches and cheerleaders who say, come here, come here, do it. What are you thinking? What are you do? What are you talking about? What are you... Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And again, the reset button, and I'm on it. And uh, so there, I, it's, it's just fine. It's a, okay. Yeah. Don't have to move to the master's level or someone calls it BB. You don't have to go to BB. <laughs> And uh, so there you go, as a result of these steps, traditions, you, uh, all the help, the grace of God I've received along the way. I love my life on every level. I'm in recovery. By this I mean that that energy of my deepest desire that was meant for God alone is now less confused. I know who I am today. I've got a focus. I've got a point of reference. I've got a way to navigate this complexity and mystery of life. I'm God's precious kid, redeemed by Christ the Savior and temple of the Spirit. When I live from that center, from that source, there's nothing that happens that's not going to be all right, whether it however it shapes up, I, I don't know. There's lessons, there's blessings, it's all purposeful and, and redeemed, and 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 I believe it. So uh, much for all of that. Um, He ain't done. The story goes on. Uh, Just a privilege and a delight and a thrill and a blessing and a joy to be part of your beautiful convention today. I'm sure we'll meet up some more as we trudge the road of happy destiny. Uh, Thank you for my life. Thank you for your lives. Let me tell you, I love each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart, and I thank God for you. Let's keep on going with the work.